Hello and welcome to this week's Haiku P podcast, episode 23 of the third series. I'm Patricia, your host, and I'm very excited about this episode. But before I go into that, thanks very much for all the emails regarding last time's episode, about its content and the changes that I made to my normal routine. Much appreciated. But as I always say to you, if there's something I could be doing better, I'm open for emails about that too. I've got a variety of bits and bobs for you this week, as well as a little bit of work for you to do. There'll be so much info in the show notes, don't forget to have a look. Let's start with some changes. Now I did allude to this before, but I've made some changes to the submission dates. From December the 1st this year, submissions will only be open for the relevant topics from the 1st to the 20th of each month. I'm normally very quick with replies, but from this December onwards, you may have to wait a little while because of another of the changes I'd like to make. I want to involve more people in the editing process. The lovely members of our community who have done it already have said they learned so much from doing it that I'd like to offer more of you the opportunity to get involved. So my idea is that I'll collate these successful submissions, share my choices with a small group of editors, and then we'll get together on Zoom to discuss what will be in the podcast and what will be in the journal. So what are the upcoming topics? Well, I'll put them in the show notes and you should be getting an email soon if you're on the mailing list. If not, sign up so you don't miss out on anything. But going back to the journal, there's another change I'd like to make. I love the journal. I think it's terrific to read your work in print. But it has proved to be very time-consuming. And the editing actually causes me pain. So, from 2021, the journal will move online and be monthly to coincide with the podcast. But don't worry, the autumn and winter journals for this year, 2020, will still be in print. And if you're interested, then I'll put together an anthology of our work on a specialist topic in a printed form, probably in November next year. But I really need to know if you'd like that, so please email me. And last but not least, I thought you might like to know that this year I made some nominations for the Haiku Foundation's Touchstone Awards. It's a first for us, and I hope a sign that we're growing up and our work together is really blossoming. A big thanks to you all. So what do I have in store for you today? Well, I'm so happy to have Roger Watson come along and talk to us about humour in haiku. That's a topic for next year. The submission period being 1st to the 20th of January. I'll put this chat on YouTube, on the Poetry P channel, so you can all see it and read it whenever you want. I enjoyed it immensely, and I hope you do too. I've held the Renku over for another month, but I still have some lovely haiku for you, this time something festive. I know not everyone celebrates Christmas, but perhaps, as I say every year, you can celebrate what is my favourite season with me in a spirit of love and affection for the world. And do you remember Jennifer Hambrick came along to read us some haibun? She'll be back next year with a little workshop for us. Well, I have another haibun for you, this time from Michael Barabo and me. Then, before we get to another treat, a reading from Brad Bennett, I have a little bit of work for you. One should always earn one's treats, don't you think? 
But first up, let's have a presentation from Roger Watson. Uh, I'd like to welcome Roger Watson to the podcast. Regular listeners will know Roger as he not only submits to the podcast, but he's been here before and read some of his work to us. You'll also certainly have seen his work in some prestigious haiku journals, such as Lithe Spirit, Failed Haiku, Presence, Prune Juice, Under the Bashu, and Wales Haiku Journal, just to name a few. You may also have his lovely book, which he wrote with Su Huai Hlai, and I'm sure Roger will pronounce that better than me, and it's called Dewdrops. I highly recommend it, having read it. Roger kindly came along to talk to us about humour in haiku and senryu, which is a topic the next year. And when I thought about the humour topic, my mind went straight to Roger because so many of his haiku have a dry, humorous perspective. And I'd like to give you an example of his work, which he sent him to me. Twelfth night, the street festooned with Christmas trees. Twelfth night, the street festooned with Christmas trees. Now this for me is typical Roger. It's got, it's got that dry humour, but it's also got that little sort of bathos, the sad element to it, the idea that Christmas is over and the, the trees are all pine, the leaves, pine leaves have come off and they're all lying about the street and looking, well, quite sorry for themselves. And I wondered as I, as I read this, Roger, when you wrote this, was the humour forefront in your mind or did it just come out that way? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question, how, how, how we ever write these things. But I think it wasn't in, in my, my mind uh, as, as a humorous uh, you know, possibility. I just looked out the window literally at the end of Christmas and saw you know, the, the sort of juxtaposition between the people bringing in the, the, the lovely green lush Christmas trees at the beginning of Christmas and the whole street, you know, festooned in a, in a way in the windows with beautiful Christmas trees. And then Twelfth Night, you know, the, uh, the end of Christmas, and they're just chucked out on the grass for the council to come and take away. And I just literally looked out the window and saw it, you know, so it wasn't initially meant to be humorous, but it, but it is. But it's, as you say, it's also, it's got a sense of uh, sadness to it as, as well. It, it indicates the end. But I honestly, I think that, say, uh, I think honestly, m most haiku and senru should make you smile at some point in them, even, even when they're sad. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now and let you uh, do your presentation. I know you've got yeah. some slides to share with us. So over to you, Roger, for a little bit of haiku and humour. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, thank you very much, as particularly to talk about humour and, and haiku. Um, I think at this time of our, uh, our existence, uh, with the, the misery that's going on in the world, with viral deaths, lockdowns, uh, people losing their jobs and all sorts going on, I think it's time we had something to, to laugh about and haiku can certainly help us to do that. And as I said, I think all haiku should make us smile at some point. Um, they're not always necessarily funny, but they should all make us smile. But humour is difficult to talk about in theory. It's better. It's much better demonstrated, I think. And I hope that people listening will enjoy some of my haiku. But first of all, what I want to do is to share some haiku from other, I think, sublimely funny haiku poets. Uh, they're not all represented here. 
I think one of the best exponents of humor and haiku is Robert Moyer over in the United States, publishes regularly in Frog Pond and in other places. Ironically, I couldn't actually locate one of Robert's for this particular presentation, but he's worth, worth looking, looking up and looking out for when you're reading uh, haiku journals. And he's a very, very experienced, long in the tooth uh, haiku poet. But also newer poets like my colleague Su Wei Hlai from Burma, with whom I've written a book and with whom I correspond regularly. Uh, she's got a very dry sense of humour. And my local colleague here in Hull in the UK, uh, Peter Draper, who's relatively new to writing haiku. And I know that you know Peter from Poetry P. He can make me laugh as well. So anyway, let's, uh, let's, get, let's get going for a few minutes. I'm going to show some of the haiku straight up, other ones I'm going to reveal as I go through with the facility on the PowerPoint to, uh, to do that. This is considered to be the first ever haiku, although I don't think Basho ever thought of himself as actually writing haiku. And I think, I think it's quite funny. It demonstrates a certain power of observation and a way of explaining something. Uh, of course, it was written initially in Japanese, and I don't read Japanese. An old pond, a frog jumps, the sound of water. Just that, uh, just capturing that instance, it's got everything that a good haiku should have in it. But he did write funny haiku very often, and they were usually based on misery. He went on many long journeys in Japan, and he was a very ascetic uh, lived a great deal in poverty, had a pretty hard life, and it just got harder at times. But you could always see the funny side of it. This one here, when he was sleeping out in the rough somewhere. Fleas and lice. Now a horse pisses by my pillow. You can just imagine the poor fellow being bitten by fleas with lice crawling over him, thinking things can't get worse, and then a horse in the, uh, goes and urinates beside him. But it also makes it clear, you know, he's not sleeping in a bed. He's not sleeping in a house, he's sleeping out in a stable. So it just summarizes things up very well. And one of Basho's immediate successors was Issa. I'm not gonna share any of his here, I'll leave other people to do that. But Issa was very good at finding humor in these kinds of situations. And he also had a very hard life. I'd like to think that if my life was so hard, I'd be able to find the funny side in it. So on to some examples of haiku, which I have in my time found exceedingly funny. And one of the funniest ones I've ever come across, and one of the first ones I came across, was by Donald Dempsey, who I think is from Ireland. And it goes like this. Red bra on the line, a blue tit in each cup. And of course, it's got a, a lovely double meaning. The, the, the meaning of tits and, and breast. Uh, I also imagine the red bra hanging out on the line on a cold day, but maybe I'm letting my imagination get away with, my, with myself there. But I just thought it was a lovely uh, double meaning uh, and, and, and you know that, that usually lends itself to humor in haiku. But some people are able to find humor in uh, aging and, and in retirement. And I think this one by Claire Shatley, which is quite simple, but retired at last, the freedom to enjoy my aches and pains. I just thought it had a conjured up a lovely image of accepting aging, but also realizing that you weren't as distracted and your aches and pains were there, you couldn't do anything about them, and treating it and taking it obviously with, with good humor. I mentioned my good friend Sue Wei, 
she has a very scatological turn of mind now and again. Uh, walking with Dad, he farts very loud, all eyes on me. I don't think it needs much explanation, but you can just see that situation. If you explore more of Sue's, you'll find she's got a pretty wicked sense of humour. Sue comes from Burma, and she now lives and works as a nurse in Melbourne in Australia. Another way of creating humour in haiku is by using the facility of the word processor to move letters around, and David Steele demonstrates that very nicely here. Stuck to the slab, the eye of the frozen fish. You can see the eye's been shifted out of fish and stuck up there. And if you look in a fish, fishmonger's window, that's exactly what you see. You see eyes of fish that have dropped out, stuck on the slab somewhere. It's a pretty horrible image. But what I, what I also liked about this one, apart from it being quite amusing and clever, I could actually almost smell the fish there. It just instantly conjured up that image perfectly to me. One of the more recent haiku masters, Raymond Ryslip, whose poems have all been collected recently in the collected haiku of Raymond Ryslip, well worth getting. Uh, he not only writes sublime haiku, he writes very well about haiku. Uh, he was a Catholic priest, and he often wrote about uh, erotic subjects. So, you know, now and again did it, just showed that even as a Catholic priest, he hadn't, uh, he hadn't forgotten about certain, uh, certain things. He wasn't, he wasn't completely dead from the, from the waist down. And this one here, I thought, was a, a really nice image. Pressed on the lawn, the shape of last night's lovers. You can just imagine him looking out his window and seeing that and wondering what it was or wondering what it is. But it also makes you wonder, did he see them? Did he watch them? Did he hear them? Uh, and again, haiku with depth like that are always interesting, amusing, and really the best type of haiku. A real master of humour in haiku who does write all kinds of haiku, but often actually goes deliberately for humour, is Alan Pizzarelli from New Jersey. And this one from his collection Frozen Socks, which is one of his older collections, and I'm going to read a couple from his newer collection later, uh, demonstrates this very well. Wearing her best mum's t-shirt, she wallops the whining kid. Not a, not a nice image, but I think uh, every parent knows the feeling. Uh, and, and you can imagine that uh, being, uh, you know, having this t-shirt on, you expect better, but no, the kid makes a noise and she just reaches out and, and wallops them. Possibly illegal in some countries now. Exhausted, I flop on the bed. It too collapses. A simple, again, tying together the idea of him collapsing, collapsing on the bed, the, bled, the bed collapses. It's a kind of slapstick, uh, Laurel, Laurel and Hardy moment. But as I say, those are deliberate efforts to, to be funny, and Alan's very, very good at that. What I want to do is share some of mine now that um, I think have got an element of humour in it. Uh, in them, you can, you can be the judge of that. And the first one is the Muezzin's call reminds me it's opening time. I won't explain all the haiku in detail, but this comes from my recent holiday in Istanbul with my wife. I go there regularly, and the Mezzan's call goes out at almost exactly the same time as we would head out of our hotel to go for cocktails. I just thought the uh, to the pious who are not supposed to drink, that isn't really the case in Turkey, but nevertheless, and us going off essentially to the pub created a nice 
juxtaposition of ideas. I've already mentioned the misery that we're going through, or some of us are going through with the current pandemic situation. There's not always a great deal to laugh at. And I have to say, I don't think it's been my most creative period for any kind of haiku, but this one did come to me. Zoom or Skype, my place or yours, the new normal. Everything happens by Skype, family meetings, work. I'm sure that relationships are carried on now by Zoom or Skype. I absolutely hate the phrase new normal. I just want to get back to normal, but I thought if I worked it into a haiku, I might get it out of my, out of my system. Tomato soup and a white shirt, what could go wrong? At the junction, only my mood changes, broken lights. Balaclava seller, sticking to his principles. This one might need a bit of explanation. It's from Istanbul again, uh, from a previous visit. Baklava is very sticky, as I'm sure you know. And the baklava seller, every shop says that they sell the most traditional and of course the best made to the original recipes, so they stick to the principles of the recipes, but I just thought the, uh, the sticky honey and sticking to its principles was a nice uh, way of joining up a couple of ideas. Six days revival evening. On the wall, a defibrillator. Lilac blossom, sweet scent, with just a hint of wheelie bin. You know that feeling on a warm summer's evening, walking home from the pub or something, and the lilac is out and it smells beautiful, but then you get a different smell as you pass the bins that everybody seems to have at the front of the houses these days. Just reminds you that all the smells of summer are not necessarily very pleasant. Funeral plans. Even here, economies of scale. I had a reason a few years ago to look into funeral plans and apparently you can get a two for one if you want. Sounds a rather grim, ghastly thought, but I thought it was actually quite, quite funny. Everything comes down to money in the end, including funerals. My final haiku, senior rail card nearing the end of the journey. Again, the meaning of Coming to the end of my journey of life, I've now got a senior rail card, which is a great thing to have, by the way. But you know now that you've lived longer than you're going to live in future. But also sitting on the train, fishing out my senior rail card to show it to the guard because I was getting near the end of the journey. So back to Alan Pizzarelli, and I really would recommend this book, Mind Zaps. It is absolutely I think hilarious. It's really a, a book of spoof poetry and spoof a haiku, and uh, it's, it's 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 very good. He he really works. Uh, it works very well. Here's a typical one: between a rock and a hard place, the geologist. Very simple, rather stupid image, but nice. And then to finish off, I think rounding off from Basho's frog pond and splash haiku. Alan writes his version, cement pond, a ceramic frog falls in, made in Japan. Well, once again, thanks very much to Patricia for the invitation and thank you very much for listening.
three lines here, not really a haiku, but the haiku poet will always try to sell you a book. If you're not familiar with haiku poets, they've always got a book somewhere to sell to you. And I wrote this one with Su Wei Fly. It's a small collection. It's available on Amazon Kindle. And if you email me on rwatson1955 at gmail.com, I can send you a hard copy and payment as possible through PayPal. Once again, thank you very much. I'll stop sharing the screen and go back to speak to Patricia for a few minutes. Thanks very much, Roger. I enjoyed that very much. I wanted, if possible, just to go through a few of the haiku again, because I sort of took notes on techniques that they would be that were being used throughout. And the first technique most writing uses anyway is omit omit unnecessary words. Now you chose to illustrate that with I think it was flies, fleas and lice. Yes. But I also thought your tomato soup haiku did that quite well. Can you give us tomato soup yeah, again? Sure. Tomato soup and a white shirt. What could go wrong? You don't need to tell us what could go wrong. That's a very, for me, a very visual yeah. um, haiku. You just know, you know what's going, going to happen there. So that was the first technique, really. You know, omit unnecessary words. Yeah. Also, don't tell. Don't tell everybody what's going, to, going on. Let them use their imagination, which I think is very important in haiku. Then there was Pizzarelli's World's Best Mum. Yes, yes, yes. Wearing her World's Best Mum t-shirt. She wallops the whining kid. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Probably. Yeah, it shouldn't be funny. It shouldn't be funny, but it, it is amusing. And as you rightly pointed out, probably that wouldn't happen these days. But, no. um, but anyway, to go back to it, what I really liked about that one was the last line, walloping the whining kids yeah. because of the, the wh yeah. sounds in it. I think that the choice of words there was very important to the, the, yeah. to the verse. Then there was Sue... Wise walking yes. with dad. Yes. Uh, he farts loud, all eyes on me. <laughs> Which, again, another of those laugh out, well, for me anyway, laugh out loud. But I guess in the UK, we'd, we'd call that toilet humour, wouldn't yes. we, in a, in a way? Uh, but also, you introduced me to this book, Penguin Book of Haiku. Suwe's haiku there took me right back to that book which has got verses that go back to the 1600s and there are some which can be quite yes. almost vulgar in their yes. their humor i'm not, not saying that suit not to be shared in polite company definitely so. not to be shared in polite company but if you want to have a little read it's it's an interesting read and i thought uh also i'm not going to encourage people to to send me uh, submissions that i can't read on oh. on the podcast you know a, a little tame vulgarity you know would be okay and next one was again i think one of yours lilac blossoms yeah lilac lilac blossom sweet scent with just a hint of wheelie bin i'm sure wheelie bin translates wherever you are but it's one of those huge bins that's on yes. rubbish bins that's yeah. on, a, on a wheel that you usually have outside your house somewhere mm. and on a right on a summer well not necessarily on a summer or summer evening but especially on a summer evening they can have a bit of a ripe smell can't they certainly can yes yeah um, so good at keeping them clean as others <laughs> but what i liked about that one in particular was to me anyway you used the technique of synesthesia uh, in that so you had yes. uh, not only the visual but you had the smell yes of, of the the wheelie bin yes. and i thought you know that's a good technique to use yes. Yeah. Or whatever you're doing so 
And then um, last, I think, but not least, your senior rail card. Could we have that one again? Yes, senior rail card nearing the end of the journey. Now, again, that go it goes back to what we were discussing at, right at the beginning when I, I read your 12th night haiku, that you can combine humour with a little bit of sadness and poignancy and it brings just an extra element to the, the verse as well, don't you think? Yes, yeah, oh, definitely, yes. I think, uh, as, as I think all haiku should at least make you smile at some level, uh, even, even the very sad ones. I mean, there are death haiku and there are some... We've lost a few very famous haiku poets recently, you know, people I grew up with over the last few years of writing haiku, uh, but they all left very moving sort of little epitaphs to themselves, but they, always, they, all, they make you smile too. Uh, so you can you can you can work it in there. I don't think there's any reason for writing haiku that make people miserable. <laughs> oh no, especially not at the moment. Uh, thank you. That was a, a cracking cracking presentation, which I loved. And uh, thankfully, my microphone was turned off, so you didn't hear the uh, the laughter at this end. So thank you very much, Roger, for coming along and giving us uh, an inspirational presentation on humour. And just to say. Danke vielmals und uh, schönen Abend und auf Wiedersehen from Switzerland. Thank right. you. Thank you. As I said at the beginning, this time, instead of reading the Renku, which is coming along nicely, thank you, I'll read you some haiku that I've found which might bring us a bit of festive cheer. I hope you enjoy them. From Haiku Dialogue at the Haiku Foundation Winter Wonderland The raucous aroma of reindeer sausage Mark Gilbert Winter Wonderland The raucous aroma of reindeer sausage Missing on Christmas, Dad's favourite muffler wrapped round the snowman. Vandana Parashar Missing on Christmas, Dad's favourite muffler wrapped round the snowman. And from Haiku Universe Christmas, the stars we took for granted. Ava Limbach Quite apposite this year, don't you think? Christmas. The stars we took for granted. Not long after Jennifer Hambrick read us some of her haibun in episode 19 of the series... Michael Barabo sent me an email. As some of you know, sometimes I reply to emails with a haiku, and this email was just such a reply. It struck me that with a little bit of work, we had a haibun on our hands. And so Michael did that little bit of work, and here is our joint effort. He wrote the prose, which is infinitely better than my haiku, although I did contribute one word. I wonder if you can figure out which one it is. Thanks, Michael. 
We got the day off from work for our first wedding anniversary. I took her on a scenic autumn colour tour to a small town I know and hoped she'd like. Stopping along the way at a flea market shop selling pumpkins out front for a tenth of what they cost near home, we bought some for our front porch. We celebrated lunch in a wonderful cafe, situated in an old-timey bank with walls of rough-hewn brick and a large storefront window lighting the room. The vault was open and filled with pastries, too scrumptious to ignore. After lunch, a stroll through town to where an old rusty train trestle crossed a shallow river filled with smooth stones and lined with tall trees in full colours. I took off my socks and shoes, rolled up my pant legs, waded through water striders out to a sandbar and waved while she took my picture. Revisiting the familiar with a dusting of bliss. Now, a little piece of homework for you. As they say in Mission Impossible, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to analyse this verse by Kelly Sauvage Angel. Between Two Moons, Our First Person Plural by Kelly Sauvage Angel in Sonic Boom 16. Between Two Moons, our first person plural. And last but not least, a reading by Brad Bennett. If you like what you hear, then please contact Brad, and the address will be on the show notes, and he'll tell you all about how to purchase his book. Thank you, Patricia, for inviting me to read a few of my haiku for your wonderful podcast. I'm going to read from my second and most recent book, A Turn in the River, published in 2019 by Red Moon Press. The book was shortlisted for a Touchstone Distinguished Book Award by the Haiku Foundation. A Turn in the River is organized by season, starting with my favorite, Summer. I'll read a few from each season. Silence, a few dots on the moth's wing. I had ended my first book with the word silence with the following haiku. Grand Canyon, neither of us mentions the silence. And it seemed just right to start my next book with silence. Silence, a few dots on the moth's wing. Shallow pond, a muskrat swims through the sun. Shallow pond, a muskrat swims through the sun. It seems that memories are often tr triggered by smells. This next haiku happened on a walk through a local pine forest. Inhale all the pine forests I've ever known. Inhale, all the pine forests I've ever known. Summer evening, 
a breeze finds your kiss on my neck. Summer evening, a breeze finds your kiss on my neck. Turns chasing turns, the perpetual surf. Turns chasing turns, the perpetual surf. Here are a few autumn haiku. Our drive to the coast, three hawks long. Our drive to the coast, three hawks long. I'm an elementary school teacher, and the children sure give me some great material for haiku. Tall oaks, a first grader whistles an acorn cap. Tall oaks, a first grader whistles an acorn cap. Fallen leaves, no one passes by silently. Fallen leaves, no one passes by silently. First frost, a storm window snaps into place. First frost, a storm window snaps into place. This next poem is the title poem of my book. A turn in the river, preening swans. A turn in the river, preening swans. Now we move into winter. New Year's Eve, the waitress asks if we want change. New Year's Eve, the waitress asks if we want change. I've written many poems while watching birds visit my backyard feeder. A black seed under the chickadee's foot, winter morning. A black seed under the chickadee's foot, winter morning. Writing journal, the reverse imprint of yesterday's poems. Writing journal, the reverse imprint of yesterday's poems. Winter sun, a crow gives in to the wind. Winter sun, a crow gives in to the wind. Finally, I'll end with some spring poems. You don't know until it's past, last frost. You don't know until it's past, last frost. Spring. The dead owl, mostly soil. Spring, the dead owl, mostly soil. Sadly, a screech owl died caught between pickets and a fence in my backyard. Hopefully, it lives on in my poem. Spring wind, releasing one of your curls. Spring wind, releasing one of your curls. What the baby's staring at, blue sky. What the baby's staring at, blue sky. Thank you again, Patricia, and thank you, listeners, for this great opportunity.
Brad, thanks so much for reading to us. And don't forget, details of how to obtain his book will be in the show notes. If you'd like to read your work to us, it's really easy to do. So just drop me an email and we can talk about it. And so, my dears, that's it for this week. Don't forget to check out the show notes, particularly if you're thinking of submitting to our next topics. Spring and Autumn Kigo should be submitted until the 20th of December. Humorous Haiku and Senryu from the 1st to the 20th of January. Remember, the podcast will also be on YouTube, as will Roger's talk. And you'll be able to see his slides too. And don't forget to comment on the YouTube channel. It's just another way we can talk to one another about haiku. I hope you'll join me on the 21st of December for our next podcast, when I'll be reading your haiku and senryu without verbs. Thanks to Robert Horobin, who's been a great help as the editor for this submission period. I'm already looking forward to it. But until then, keep writing. A little bit of late breaking news. The Autumn Journal is now available. Details in the show notes on poetryp.com. There's a lot in the show notes this time, but if I've left anything out or something's not quite right, please do email me to let me know. Ciao!